87%, yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something, why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or, you've, or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just wanna to get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you wanna to get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you wanna to get to 10,000. Let me tell you something, you need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session. Coaches Kelly and Keith. What's up? Oh my gosh. Hello, everybody. How are you? I love it. Well, for those of you that don't know, this is uh, the Club Wealth TV podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Hellickson, and I'm one of the coaches here at Club Wealth. And with me are coaches Keith and Kelly Jackson. Uh, for those of you that don't know, coaches Keith and Kelly, I'm going to have them uh, kind of talk a little bit about their production real quick. Um, uh, you guys, uh, when you started with Club Wealth, uh, what tier were you in? And and I'll I'll tell everybody what that means in a second. But then uh, what tier? And, and then what tier are you in now? And how long have you been with Club Wealth? So I start. I started with Club Wealth uh, before Keith did, and we had just did one of our relocations. Uh, so we had relocated to Houston, and so I was right at the tier one, tier two limit. But I came in. I sh I could have been in tier one, but I had done higher production, so I went right to tier two. Yep. And right now we're in late tier three. And back then I was just a, a one person show. And, and now we'll have 18 team members by December 31st. Ah, I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's back up a second. So how long have you been with Club Wealth now? Ah, uh, since Jan. Wow. Time is just flying. Maybe two years. Two years. Okay. So almost Eight. two years now. So it sounds like we're going yeah. on two years, right? Okay. So, and when you joined, you were doing somewhere right around 25 transactions a year, some kind of, kind of in the neighborhood. Six. Yes. 26. Okay. There you go. And now you're in tier three, you're in upper tier three, which means you're doing somewhere between, uh, between 75 and 150 transactions a year. And it sounds like you're on that cusp of 150. And so once you move into tier four, you'll be doing 150 to 200 transactions a year. I really think it's, and by the way, I love the transparency. I really think that it helps people that are watching understand who am I talking to? What am I learning from them? And, and from what context do they come and how does that apply to me? Right. Uh, and so now you talk about moving around now, folks, <laughs> uh, let me tell you something. These guys have moved around a bit and, uh, and I don't know how you guys do it. I'm done telling you. So you guys, you moved over to, to Houston and then you moved from Houston over to DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And now you've got teams in both areas. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and, and by the way, you had a team in a third market. Do you still have that team or no? In, in Chicago. No, we moved, we were in the Chicago okay. market 13, 14 years. Yeah. Okay, but I, here's uh, this is important, and I love this transparency because I think this will really help people that are watching. Um, first and foremost, guys, 
let's all let's all know and and coach Kelly and Keith correct me if I'm wrong but running teams in a different city that you have to get on an airplane to go to it it's tough true or false yeah, yeah. yeah it is it, it is, is not easy it's not easy okay and so you guys moved so you were in Chicago and then you moved and and did you have anybody on your team that you left behind in Chicago at, at any point in time no we didn't no. have a coach so no one told me to do that. <laughs> yeah, we walked away from a good book of business too. So see, okay. Now, and that's where I was headed with this, because if you had it to do over again, would you have built a team there before you moved? hundred percent. hundred percent. I love that you're sharing that because guys, this, and listen, I hope everybody learns from that right there. If that's all they get out of this call, that right there is massive. You guys had 13 years worth of business that you literally walked away from because you didn't take the time. And again, you didn't know, you didn't have a coach, nobody did to, and, and it's hard when we're all trying to reinvent this stuff on our own. It's really tough. That's what coaching's all about, right? It's, you know, if you had had a coach, especially if it was a club wealth coach, they, what would they have told you? Start to a team. Recruiting before I got there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so it would have been, hey, let's build that team in Chicago and we can start recruiting in Houston. We can start doing that as well, but we're going to make sure we've got a good foundational team here in Chicago so that they can handle your business when you move. And let me tell you, and, and this is going to be painful probably, but I just, I want you just to share this with everybody because it'll help them. How much money, how much extra money do you think you'd be making right now had you built a team in Chicago before you left? Man, now that we are with Club Well, I I do have a, a plan to go back and get that business. But I, without a team, I was doing easily seventy five transactions a year. So a lot, you, a lot of money. Well, I mean, here's the reality. I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but had you built the team, you could have easily turned that into 150 transactions a year and then left. And worst case scenario, it falls back to maybe 100 transactions a year. But you've got 100 transactions a year. You're splitting with somebody else, which means it's like doing a net 50 transactions a year to yourself. uh, And you've moved to this new market. And it it just makes it it creates economies of scale. You've got a staff that you can share between the. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why this would have helped you being a lot more profitable. Again, not to rub salt in the wound. You know, I, I don't mean to do that. I just... I, I just think that it's really great that you guys are very transparent about that because most people, they only want to talk about their successes and all the things mm. they've done great. Uh, and I think we learn a lot more from the mistakes that we made and, 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 and not that it was a mistake, but you know, from the things that we would have done differently. Right. Right. All right. So now we get to go to Barry White. I mean, <clears throat> coach Keith. Uh, <laughs> so I always tease coach Keith. I mean, this guy just literally sounds like he's Barry White. Now uh, coach Keith, I know you'd be a pretty smart guy. And, uh, you know, you haven't been in real estate as long as Coach Kelly has been in real estate. Is that true? No, no. I, I, we got licensed at the same time. Got, yeah. So what happened? Because she, if I'm correct, I thought she went into the business and really went hog wild in the business and you were kind of doing some other stuff. Tell me about that for a moment. Well, uh, I come from an engineering sales background. So um, the leap in the real estate came with a lot of argument, mm-hmm. uh, all day argument. Yeah, but I we jumped in at the jumped in at the same time, and so uh, we started working. But eventually, I stepped away and went into leadership with one of the big boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was 
assistant leader and then actually a, a leader of a market center. So, okay. So yeah. you were a Keller Williams team leader at one point. Yes. All right. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. That's fine. Listen, and we can talk about brands. Everybody knows that club wealth is brand agnostic. We work with people yeah. from all brands and nobody's trying to recruit you here, guys. So everybody's, everybody's fine with that. And you guys are with EXP today. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, and so that being said, you know, they're both great companies. Um, uh, but, but I just, I think your, your path, your journey, I think is very important. I think that's very helpful to people. Um, so the couple of things, so I want to go a little deeper on this. <laughs> And we're going to come back to the mo- working in multiple markets in a second here. But I want to start with working with your wife, working with your husband. And, 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 and I'm telling you, like, I, I mean, you guys know I work with my wife and, and I'm lucky to be alive. I mean, that's all I got to say. So, so how tell Well, okay, see? And so that's, I, I want you to go deeper on that. I want you to tell us how hard has it been? Like, like were there like literally screaming, yelling fights or was it just, you know, oh, we disagreed here and there. And, and how'd you get through that stuff? Because I'm telling you with my wife and I, there's been some screaming and yelling. All right. Like there's been some times where we did not get along. Now things are great today, but man, it's taken us 23 years to get there. So, so do you want to tackle that or? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start it. You know, we had our moments, you know, we definitely had our moments where it was like, mm-hmm. you know, first it was kind of, we both kind of competitive. So mm-hmm. first it, start, it, it starts with the competing. Then it gets, you know, then it starts can, can creep into personal. And that's when you have to put, dial back. And then eventually we have to just, I guess, come to understanding, hey, that's your expertise. I'm hands off and let me do what I do, what I do. And, and so once we came to that understanding, we were able to march a lot of march along a lot easier. And like mm-hmm. you say, it took time. It wasn't something that happened overnight. So to all those husband and wife teams out there, you got to dig in and do some work. But it, it's a great when it's when it comes together. But it's you're going to take some take some lumps along the way. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say so from my perspective. Uh, okay, I'm a high D, and Keith is a, a play personality. And so in the beginning, I was all about the chase. I mean, I I worked. I was the workaholic. I didn't even want to go on vacation. I want it to just sell, sell, sell. And so now I'm enjoying the journey. And so it took me years to get there. Yeah. It, it took me years to actually start celebrating those wins and having fun. I, I was I was over at the office at 10 o'clock at night. And he would call me and say, are you coming home? Yeah. You are so Tara Hellickson. I can't even begin to tell you. Oh my gosh. Like you two work us into the ground. Seriously. Taskmasters. Jeez. All right. So, I mean, so, okay. So, but let's, this is important because, you know, in, in, in a marriage is a partnership, right? And, and partnership is the weakest form of business. And especially when you've got, I mean, and Keith, I don't know about you, but the day that Tara came to work, or, so Tara worked for me for four years before we got married. And, that, and that's the day I went to work for her. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the reality is, you know, it's now that, now that we're married, it's a different dynamic and than it was when, when she was working for me and, and, uh, and there's responsibilities there, there's expectations there. And, and truth be told, she has more bandwidth than I have. I'm not going to lie. She's got, she, she just, she outworks me every day. That what, what's, what's, what I'm grateful for is that that's not a big source of stress for her. Um, it's probably more of a stress for me. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, you know, are you going to come home? Like, you know, what's going to happen here? Are you going to come home so we can, you know, chit chat and you know, see each other once in a while. And so, 
what I'd like to know is how has that dynamic been for you guys? Has that been uh, something where, you know, because everybody's going to have that every, every relationship, somebody's going to work harder than the other. And it's very easy for jealousy to set in and, and irritation and frustration to set in. How have you guys kept that from happening? I really think it came to us understanding that she, you know, when she locks in on something, nothing's going to get in the way. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I call it obsessive personality. I mean, once it's, it's yeah. she locked in, you might as well get it, get out the way. And yeah. for me, you know, I can, I can get dialed in, but then I want to have, I want to break away, have a laugh, have some fun with it, come back to work. And after a while, we clashed a little bit, you know, it, mm-hmm. we did clash, you know, she's like, you can't do this and make, I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to be all business hundred percent of the time. I, I can't do that. And once we accepted that, and then she started to see some of my perspective. And like you said, I can see her working. I'm like, man, I got to step my game up. I got to, mm-hmm. I got to do more. And, and so understanding that and trying to, like you say, meet the person at least halfway. Mm-hmm. And once they see the effort coming from both sides, then I think you start to win and start to come to understanding and say, okay, I see his point or I see her point. And you're able to start marching along a little bit easier, a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. Coach Kelly, how would what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I would say that definitely. Uh, we, we do have separate offices. We mm-hmm. do not share an office. He steals supplies out of my office. But <laughs> what? He, he has no ice cream, no supplies in his office. So that's the only, and he talks loud. So, so we have separate offices and that, that really works. And it, it, it really, I think came to understand that, okay, he has his process because if we sat in the same office, I would probably chime in. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Or so he understands that he needs to get away from me to, mm-hmm. to work. Cause I'm always like coaching somebody. And mm-hmm. so, so that has, has worked for us to just be on completely opposite offices and he does his thing and I do mine. And, and sometimes we do things together uh, with clients. So it, it really works out. And I think age came with more wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, understanding what's important and, understanding like he did all of the college applications and because I was working Mm -hmm. and so now it's like okay we're going to enjoy the process we we take time off I don't work every day we go on vacations so it's and and club wealth really it was until I came to club wealth that I when they said you need to take a day off I was like what what day am I going to take off and, and finally, it was it became Sunday, and now sometimes I take the whole weekend off and and go away. So it's it's really completely changed the way that we do business, and I still make a lot of money. So there's other ways of skinning a cat, I guess, was the wisdom. Well, you know, there's a couple of things I love about that besides the skinning the cat part. Cause I, but I, I'm a cat lover, right? I've got one on either <laughs> side of my fireplace. So um, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, so I just wanted to see if I could offend all the cat lovers out there, but, uh, but I, I love a couple of things about what you said there. It, number one, and, and this is, this was a very big deal for Tara and I as well, was the ability to, to stay in your own lane. 
and uh, stay out of each other's business when we're at work. You know, we're, we both have common goals and we're both headed in the same direction, but we have very different job descriptions. She does her thing. I do my thing. I don't do, I don't get in her face and try and tell her how to do her thing. She doesn't get in my face. Tell me how to do my thing. Uh, and, and that has been very, very important to us. Now that has been more, been made more easy uh, today because we have a larger team. And so we have, it's easier for us to segment our roles further and stay off each other's toes easier. If, when it was just the two of us, we were stepping on each other's toes a lot, right? It was, mm. it was a lot tighter. It was a lot more challenging. Um, so anyway, so I, I, I really like that. Um, and I forgot what's the n- number two thing was, so we're just going to move on. Okay. So that said, let's, uh, let's come back to the working in multiple markets for a second. Uh, what would you say to those people that are thinking about, uh, running team? by the way, tell us the team size in each of your markets. So you're in Houston and DC, Maryland, Virginia, how big are each of those teams? So our DC team, of course, where we are is bigger. It's a lot easier to recruit in the market that you're in. And I would say, and so we're building up the, we made a commitment uh, to build up the other team. So we're, we're definitely building up that team. It's, it's been small forever. So we're, we're finally decided to grow that team. And with that comes more visits to, to the Houston area mm-hmm. and more resources being allocated uh, mm-hmm. to that market as well. Mm-hmm. And I would say to the person that's, planning to move or thinking of moving to think carefully. (laughs) Yeah. And then look for some things that, so this was a smart move for us because we have family in the area. Mm -hmm. My sphere of influence was also more geared toward here Mm -hmm. and the price point was so much higher. Mm -hmm. And so those were all benefits to moving to a market. So you want to, know where you're going and why you're doing it. Just mm-hmm. going to markets to go to markets isn't necessarily wise. It'll, it's very costly. It, it is. It's very expensive. Yeah. And I would say when we made the move here, fortunately we had the team in Texas because it made it so much easier. This mm-hmm. is a whole new cost of living here. Mm-hmm. And so having that influx of income coming in still from that team helped us make the adjustment here. So mm-hmm. um, understand that. And don't don't think what worked in that market as far as marketing for yourself is going to translate to the new market. We yeah. came from Chicago and walked into Houston thinking we're just going to do the same thing. And we wasted so much money with, I call it old stinking thinking. It was a mm-hmm. whole different market, a whole new approach and took us months to learn that and a lot of dollars spent. I mean, I can just see you now in the 10 gallon hat and the chaps and the spurs and the whole nine yards, you know, walking in there with your little rope, you know, you got to rope it up the, the, the people in there and get them doing business with you. But, you know, that's that's not what you're going to do in D.C., Maryland, Virginia. No, that's so, not going to work. Well, OK, so so what would your advice be to somebody you know, if, if they're thinking about making a move and they've let's say they've already made a decision? Hey, I've got, you know, a couple of people on my team in my current market and I want to move to this new market and I'm going to I'm going to physically move to that new market. What, what do you say to that person? So, well, first of all, you need to have some money saved. Mm-hmm. That's, that's big. You also have to I recruited before I got here. And I had lead sources lined up before I got here. So they preceded me actually arriving uh, in the area. And you have to get going fast. Like there's no time to to think about it. You've got to get going and then learn about that market. So 
we we came a number of times here to kind of look around and you know see what the market was like and and study their MLS before getting here to see okay what are the trends in that market how long does it take for a transaction to go through so that we can start and then seeing what lead sources they had and, and following some other agents. Uh, and fortunately, at the time, my coach lived here. So she really was instrumental in making the move smooth. That's cool. That's cool. Well, okay. So now when you talk about lead sources, so you're paying for leads, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Which I love. And I, and I love teasing, you know, Keller Williams agents about this because Gary and I love Gary. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when you were when you were with Gary with, with Keller. I've got to assume that you heard Gary say a number of times, you know, agents that you know buy leads are lazy. And uh, and yet, you know, when I was coaching number one, number three, and number five at Keller Williams Worldwide, guess what? Every single one of them, actually, I'm sorry, number one, number two, and number five at, at Keller Williams Worldwide, every single one of them was buying leads. leads. Yeah. Every one yeah. of them. Yeah. And so how many lead sources do you guys have? A lot. Mm. Uh, yes. Ballpark. 20, 20 lead sources. That's good. And you're, and, and, and again, you're doing just right around 150 transactions a year. And, yes. and that's, and so you're, I'm assuming you're probably going to continue to grow the the lead source count as well as the amount of leads you're picking up from each of these lead sources. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Good stuff. All right. So let's move on to our next talk. Oh, actually, let me back up. I'm going to ask you one more question about switching markets. If you had it to do over again, well, no, let me back. Let me ask you differently. Would you recommend to most agents that they expand out? And if so, would would you would you well? Or let's back up. Would you recommend an agent to expand out into an area that they have to fly to, or would you recommend that someone expand out into an area they can drive to easily, or neither or both? So I would recommend one that you could drive to because we are we are actually planning on expanding because there's some areas that we could drive to uh, like Delaware and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a huge sphere of influence in Pennsylvania and Delaware. So those are three hour drives. It just makes sense. It makes good sense. Yeah, that's good. And you said it's a three hour drive from where you're at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now the question I have then is, will if you're three hours away, how are you going to do? Are you going to start doing some appointments in that area? Like, will you go up there a couple of days a week and actually do appointments to try, try and get that market kicked off? Or are you just going to hire people and let them do their thing, buy leads and do all the, you know, back end and do everything you do to run the team uh, and to just let them be the only agents on the ground? Both. Yeah, it'll be a combination of both. Yeah, that's a, takes a lot of faith to just kind of let it go. So I definitely want to have our fingers on the pulse of things. And it's too close not to. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. That's good stuff. I love agents that are willing to get in their freaking car and drive a bit to get some business, right? Like I just, if you're not a hungry agent today, you better, you're going to be like, you'd be like, if you're not treating it like you're hungry, then you're going to be hungry later on. Right. And, right. and I think driving for that is great. So, all right, just in a few minutes left, what do you want to share? Anything you want to share with anybody that's watching this, what would you share? Anything. I would say your mindset is everything. Mm -hmm. Like if you have the wrong mindset, it's going to catch up with you and 
heal your business. And I would also just thinking about, I don't know where I heard it, but 51% of all transactions in the last year came from teams. If you're not on a team or a team leader, we're going to, the teams, when I say we are, are coming for you mm -hmm. and that's the future of real estate. Yeah. I guess if I had to, yeah, if I had to share something, I would say for those people looking to grow their team and attract people, know your value prop and be confident in it. Um, and know your sweet spot of what who you're trying to attract. Mm -hmm. um, I, we've identified our sweet spot, and I'm Michael. Your event. I meet me. Meet, I met with maybe four or five agents already this week, experienced agents, and uh, some of them, you know, are wrestling with you know the team aspect, but they understand mm -hmm. that's where it's headed. But know your value prop and be confident when you present it. If they try and flinch you with oh that that split or whatever. <laughs> tell them, hey, you may not be a fit for my team. I'm not worried about it. I know there's many other agents that would be uh, would love to be on my team. So be confident in what your value prop is, and you'll attract all the right people for your team. And don't be afraid to say no to some of those other ones. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. You know, and if you, you talk about the, uh, the the whole team thing right now, it's just getting so hard for solo agents to compete. Uh, it just is. We, you know, the teams have bigger budgets. They're buying the lead sources. They're buying the CRMs. They've got all the technology, the tools, the AI, the support staff, the facility. They got everything. They got they got everything they need, and they got a budget to work with, uh, and they do it in in a in a way that's a lot more. Uh, specific than a broker can do, right? Most, you know, uh, so the broker owners of, of these offices, you know, they're they're not able to provide the same kind of uh, level of support and service and 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 participation that a team leader can. Um, and and that's not a criticism of brokers. It's just by design, exactly. that's not what they yeah. do, right? Right. Uh, but but I agree with you. I mean, and to your point, Kelly, you know, it was ten percent. Uh, you know, the fifty one percent of all the business last year was done by the top ten percent of teams. That's crazy. Like you start thinking about it. It's even just a small percent of teams. So, and, and my message there would be, if you're a two, three, four person team, you better start growing folks. Like, cause if you're just, a, you've got two, three, four people on your team, you're going to get chewed up and spit out too. And, and that, that's something to consider. You've got to grow. Uh, and I'm not saying you got to go be, you know, there's a few teams out there that are a hundred plus agents deep, right. Or they're literally, a, I mean, the biggest team in the country right now is over 400 agents. It really feels like more of a brokerage, but, but they're doing all the things that a team does. And so it is a true team. That being said, you don't have to be the team leader to be successful in this business. And, and we talk about that a lot. I mean, I know you guys have seen it. You know, I've seen agents that, you know, that are on teams that are making anywhere from 200 to even, I, I heard one just the other day, was it $750,000 a year as a member of a team, as a member, and they'd have no risk. And that would be my final question for you. What is your advice to team leaders? Two, I got two questions. What's First of all, but I'll give you a second question first. Second question is, what's your advice to team leaders out there? First question is, have you ever lost money in a month as a team leader? And how did you persevere? Where'd the money come from to make up for that, that difference? If there, if there was one or that deficit, if there was one and, and, and how did you persevere? So, yes, <laughs> yes, we've lost money. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the biggest thing is another thing that I learned from club wealth is to save my money and to always have six to 12 months, liquid that I can get to. And so I'm 
I'm not going out and buying leads without having a cushion of funds. That's the first thing. And and same with bringing on new agents. There's there's always some sort of conversion cycle, whether it's a lead or people. And so understanding that. And so you are going to, at first, possibly lose money when you start the team. But it's worth it because not only are you working with agents to make the industry as a whole better, but you're also getting some financial rewards, both for your team and for yourself. So it's not just the team leaders. We're not getting rich from from having a team, but we are doing a service of improving the customer experience. Well, and don't, and look, I'm going to jump in there for a second. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that, Coach Kelly, and yeah. mainly because you're halfway across the country and you can't beat me up right now uh, when I do this. Uh, and so, but I got to challenge you on that a little bit. It's first of all, as a team leader, you can get rich as a team leader and, and by golly, you should. And I think it's okay. And I think that's something we shouldn't be ashamed of. You know, it, it drives me nuts when agents out there, nobody wants their broker to make any money. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? I want my broker to make money. I want my broker to be rich. I want them to make a ton of money. Why? Because it means that I don't have to change my way of doing business every time a broker goes broke. Right. And now I got to switch brokerages because my broker is broke. Same thing with a team leader, right? I want my team leader to be successful. I want them to make great money. I want them to be rich. And if there, then there should be no shame in a team leader or a team member or anybody else for that matter, making great money. And so, so I should have said, we're not the only ones on the team. That's really what I, well, there I you go. At. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I like that. I want everybody on the team to be able to get rich, right? Like now the reality is not everybody will, right? Because fact of the matter is not everybody's going to put the work in. They just won't do it. And so that, so, so, okay. So we're going to, let me add something to that. You have a few extra minutes. Go ahead. Yes. When I would say being a part of club wealth and working with the team, it helps you get better because you know, you could try and read stuff on your own, but getting higher thoughts, higher ideas, and then being responsible to convey that to the people on your team. Mm-hmm. It speaks to your integrity and where you are as a person. So if you really gung-ho about the people you under your charge, you can't help but get better. And then you right. want to get more higher learning from Club Wealth and you want to pass it along. So the wheel just keeps sharpening the wheel. Well, and that's the thing, you guys, you know, you, well, okay. I want to take this a step further. Right? And do you guys have a few minutes? Do you have a couple of minutes? I got a few minutes. I got, I got to hit you with this. I got, I got, I, because first and foremost, you took coach Kelly, you started talking about cash conversion cycle and there's, there's a difference between cash conversion cycle and ROI. Can you guys speak to that for me? Cause it's like, this is important. And most people, most team leaders don't understand this. Uh, and, and most agents don't understand this, but you, we, we need to understand the difference between the two and the balance that we need to create. And so a lot of lead sources don't, they're, they're not all going to convert at the same pace. Mm-hmm. So for example, Google pay-per-click, mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to convert like Google LSA. And so there's two, so you have to make sure that you have that cushion set aside. So if you have a six to 12 month cash conversion cycle, do you have the funds to fund that while this is building up? And so like right now, for example, we're seeing leads convert that are a year old. These are people from last year and now they're ready. And so we've had we just purchased every shiny object. 
last year, we would have gotten out of it and not been able to realize what that lead source could provide in terms of ROI. And so the, the further away from the lead, from the start time we get, the more ROI we get from every single lead source. So that's interesting. So you're saying the longer the cash conversion cycle, generally speaking, the higher the ROI. In, in general, for the yeah. most part, yeah. And yeah. For, if, if you're going to follow up with them until they buy, seller block you. Well, and that's the question. Okay, so, so how many times, like, so you've got a lead. How many times are you going to call a lead with, and, and that they don't call you back? You never get in touch with them. How many phone calls are you going to make to that lead before you give up? I, I can't say I'm going to give up. I, I, I would still call them, but I'm going to reach out other ways. So okay, but, but listen, I would talk about the phone call for a second, because what happens if, and I want to hear about the other ways too, but for now, first and foremost, I want to, if you've called them, I mean, at, at 10 times, 15 times, 20 times, a hundred times, like when do you stop calling them and rely on the rest of your stuff to do the work? So we, we do, of course we do the three by three by three, mm-hmm. you know, three okay. times a day for the first three days, three times. So we, we do that. And then, then we systematically call them over time. So it, it never really stops it. The space in between, I think grows. And so mm-hmm. if we're not calling them, then, then we have someone that is. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll create a pond and then those leads will go into the pond and, and then newer agents will come in and our agents are converting pond leads at a high level uh, there. And so those leads are older but now people have, when we talk about that cash conversion cycle, they weren't ready when they came in a year, year and a half ago. And now they are, because at some point, most people are going to have a real estate need. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's talk about this. First of all, what's, and I, and I know the answer is, but I want, I, for the sake of those who don't, what's okay. a pond? Those are people that have raised their hand to do a real estate transaction, but for some reason or another, nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And so they fall into the pond and our agents can go through there and we'll go through there from time to time to see who's ready now. So they stay in there. So your agents can call people that are in the pond. Go ahead, Coach Kelly. What are you saying? So we and we have different ponds. So there's buyer ponds, there's seller ponds, there's open house ponds. So there's different ponds. And uh, we have someone that goes through and puts them on searches as well. And so our pond is is actually still receiving things from us. We're just not actively having phone conversations with them, but they're still on our radar. If they if they blink or if they look at a house, we're going to know about. We get it. notified, yeah. Okay, so then the other the people that are not in the pond. So it sounds like the agents on your team also are able to claim a lead and yeah. say, okay, only I'm going to work with this. How many leads can an agent claim at a time? before they have to start sending some leads back to the pond. So they, they've they got to set an appointment with the pond lead in order for it to become theirs. Okay. They have to actually set an appointment with them and then they can claim them. And then of course they, you know, do a consultation, show them properties, get, you know, whatever it is that client needs or is calling for. Okay. So then let's, let me ask you this about lead distribution. So new lead comes in. Does mm-hmm. that, 
round robin to all to, to agents like one at a time? Does it call blast to all the agents at the same time? Does it go only to agents that qualify at a certain level because of production standards? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So there are qualification standards and Keith, I apologize. I, I talk a lot, but uh, so we, we do have you. Number one, you've got to be on our morning huddle. Our morning huddle is the start of the day. It's our accountability piece. And we are using Stat Tracker. I love it to keep track of those appointments. So you not only do you need to be on the call, you need to have set appointments. Uh, we keep track of that, and also be available for appointments. So we go over that every morning. If you're not on the huddle, camera on and ready to work, you're not working that day. Uh, not not the lead. So so there are rules of distribution. And certainly, so some agents, maybe a newer agent, may not be ready for, you know, that person that is going to be a challenge. Uh, so it, it really depends on the where the lead came from and what the distribution rules are. And those change based on activities that the agents do. Love it. Love it. Okay. All right. So the last question for you. What, if you could share anything with the people watching today, what would it be? Anything at all? My answer is have fun with it. Um, even with the phone calls, um, the the hangups and everything, sometimes I know, I'll call back. So, Did something happen? You know, I get hung up again. So have fun with it. The more you gamify it, the easier it'll become. And so it won't, the phone won't seem like a large monster so the phone is critical it's the cheapest most effective way to generate some business so a lot of people are trying to get away from the phone and all these wild ideas we wouldn't have made it in houston if we didn't have the phone we called cancels and expires all day every day to generate business in a market where we knew no one so we i know it works do not shy away from it so in Houston, you did cancels, expireds, and if I remember, you did a lot of open houses too in Houston. Is that right? And referrals, yeah. And referrals. That okay. was how I got introduced to Club Wealth. Was you were on there talking about all these lead sources, and I was sitting there saying, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you weren't alone in that. I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> were scratching their head, like, "Who is this knucklehead? What is he talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, I've got two things. Number one is we've been through a shifting market. We were in Chicago in, in 2008 when 45% of our of realtors got out of the business. Mm -hmm. That 55%, we had a massive amount of opportunities mm -hmm. uh, for those of us that remain. So I would say trim your expenses, but not your lead sources. Mm -hmm. You don't need the white G-Wagon, <laughs> <laughs> drive something you can afford. No one's impressed by, and, and you think that you're a status symbol, but in fact, you can go broke doing mm -hmm. that in a shifting market. So I would say really watch your spending and make sure you're spending it on growing your business and implementing your systems. And then the second thing, oh, I think I forgot. <laughs> the second thing is get yourself a coach or a mentor. Something we used to say in basketball was no man is an island. And that's really going to be important right now because 
it's, it's hard out there to wear all these hats and to do all these things. And if you're that solo agent, you're not finding out about lead sources or different ways of doing things in time for it to make a difference in your business. There's a better saying, Kelly. I like what uh, Olivia's team used to have on their jersey. You don't rise to the occasion. You fall back to your highest level of training. And okay. that comes from a coach. You don't rise to the occasion. You fall back to the highest level of training you receive to be able to meet that challenge. Love it. So, so get to BSM. That's uh, right. Business Strategy Mastermind. That was where I was first introduced to Club Wealth. I did not have the money, but I went anyway. And it, it after that, I signed up for coaching. I met people there that I'm still friends with today. And it really made a difference. The level of conversation. And I was... I was a Remax agent for uh, 13, 15 years. I've I've been to the Remax, the Keller Williams, all of the big conventions or conferences that they have, and none of them had that level of conversation. And that's why I go back every year. I get to talk with agents that are doing 700 transactions, and I learn from the ones that are doing 25 transactions. So it's it's just an amazing opportunity to really take a deep dive into your business for a couple of days. And I always come back with something I can implement. Well, I, I have a feeling you're also one that comes back with some referrals as well. You seem to, you seem to get your share of referrals out of the people you meet. At these things. So, yes. yeah. Well, and, and credit to you, credit to you and Barry White over here. You know, you, you've got those personalities that people just want in their life. Right. Uh, and so, dude, seriously, I love you guys. I'm so impressed with you guys. I'm so proud of how, how far you've come in just a short period of time. I can't wait to see where you'll be here in the next few years. Uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? All right. So they can, our website is kjaxcellsdmv.com. That's K-J-A-X cellsdmv.com. There's Kjax Group Texas. So that's kjaxgrouptx.com. Also, you can call Keith's cell phone, 240-600-0200. Yep. I love it. Call, reach out anytime. I'm glad to hear from you. And also Facebook Messenger, shoot me a message. I always respond. Good stuff. Well, is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap up? We're going to be a sim and we're hiring. Yes. And you are. And, you know, and by, and by the way, let me just ask you uh, um, really quick as coaches, just give me your. So there's drill sergeants and there's nurturers. There's everything in between. Uh, what's your superpower as a coach and how would you most describe yourselves as coaches? Go ahead, Kelly, first. Thank you. So I am I've been told that I'm a drill sergeant. <laughs> and my, my superpower is definitely listings and your first hires. Mm -hmm. uh, Keith? Uh, I'm not I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm not a nurturer. I'm just kind of, I'm going to give it to you straight. Mm -hmm. Take it or leave it. I'm going to give it to you straight. Um, and then uh, my superpower, I think, is attracting people. Mm -hmm. um, being able to relate with people no matter what and attracting them. So that's why I'm, I'm the where I am right now, doing what I do. 
I love. Well, we know you're good at sales because you got Kelly. So clearly you're good sales. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, Michael. That took a lot of work, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Right on. Well, you guys have a great day. I love you both. I mean that. I'm really excited to see you here in a few weeks. And uh, well, I just got to see this last week. That was fun. Uh, But I'm really looking forward to BSM. And it's just, you know, I just love seeing how much fun everybody has and how how much everybody comes away with and the light bulbs going on. And it's just, I, I just, I get a kick out of it. I just really enjoy it. So uh, we'll see you here in a few weeks and uh, I'll definitely see you in VIP because I'll be in VIP with you. So yeah, right on. All All right. right. Have a great day, guys. Take care. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 87%. Yeah, that's the percentage of all real estate agents that get in the business today that'll be gone in two years. Let me tell you something. Why is there so much turnover in real estate? Because it isn't easy. And because most people don't know exactly what they need to do to get to the next level. Now look, regardless of whether you're brand new to the industry or or you're a team leader, you've got 40 people on your team and you just wanna get to the next level. If you're doing 10 transactions a year, you wanna get to 25. You're doing 500 transactions a year, you wanna get to 1,000. You're at 1,000, you wanna get to 10,000. Let me tell you something, you need the right coach. Why? Because Club Wealth is the only coaching company on the planet that will literally guarantee that you will double your income or make at least an extra $100,000 your first year coaching with us, or we will give you 100% of your investment back. This is for people of all levels. Click the link below, sign up for the appropriate tier level, and let's get you a strategy session today. And I promise you, I 100% guarantee you, promise you that you will walk away with a heart full of gratitude for the time that we took for you because you got so much value out of that call. Schedule your strategy session today. I promise you'll be glad you did. Sign up for a strategy session at clubwealth.com slash strategy session.